everybody welcome back to uncommon sense so today i am honored to be joined with robert pope and jesse blakely who are both running for very important positions right now within the young republicans national federation which is an organization of young republican leaders across america putting conservative principles into action so they describe themselves as quote-unquote the future of the republican party and they are fighting to keep the american dream alive by recruiting training and electing the next generation of Republican leaders. So before we get into everything, I just wanted to give you both a chance to introduce yourselves to my audience. So let's do ladies first and start with Jesse. Can you please let my listeners know a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jesse Blakely. I'm the candidate on uh, Team YRNF Ascend uh, for Young Republican National Chair. Uh, so I live in Virginia and we were part of the Republican takeover here. Um, I just finished up my term as state chair for the Virginia Young Republicans. I was chair for two years. Uh, during that time, we flipped Virginia Red. It was great, and YRs were a part of that up and down the ballot and uh, at the grassroots level across our Commonwealth. So one of the, the reasons that I decided to run is because I've seen uh, the power that um, our, our party can have and young Republicans can have specifically in uh, creating real meaningful change in our, in our communities when we step up and get involved. Um, I was part of an effort and, and kind of spearheaded an effort to elect, uh, or sorry, to recruit um, about 25 candidates uh, to run for state house in Virginia. Um, we had previously had a very um, poorly organized GOP and, and uh, Republicans had lost control of our legislature largely because they just left a bunch of seats uncontested. So um, I got together with a couple other people and worked on filling those gaps so that we had Republicans running uh, across our Commonwealth for every seat that was opened uh, to be elected in 2021. And that's sort of where the groundswell started even before we had nominees. And so uh, we had a lot of young Republicans that we recruited to run. Our state house now is controlled by a two-seat majority. Those two seats are young Republicans that I recruited um, and helped get started, kick off their campaigns. They were in seats that the, the party and the caucus at the time thought were hopeless and didn't really spend any time thinking about. So um, I've really seen how much uh, we can change if we get involved and, and how important that is at all levels. And so I'm focused and our team is focused on empowering YRs at the grassroots level to start doing those things across the country. Amazing. That's excellent. And, you know, flipping red is super, super crucial. But, you know, there's a lot of young people that want to get involved. Like I know a ton of young people that want to get involved. So I love that there's organizations like YRNF that are really helping the youth to get involved. So I really, really, um, I really love all of that. Robbie, can you introduce yourself to my audience as well? Well, Jenny, I really appreciate your generosity in calling me the future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of, um, I'm actually turning 37 at the end of October, so I've been involved for a good for a good long while, about 20 years now. It'll be 20 years come uh, the end of summer next year. Um, I, uh, you know, I was, I was raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. I, you know, got my DD when I was younger, um, and I came up at a time to where uh, this was kind of like Bush's re-election. This is kind of like when the party was starting to get stale a little bit, and then Obama comes along when I, you know, after I got my GED started, got my uh, got my associate degree, he came in with his Obama magic and really revolutionized campaigning. And really, at a time where social media had begun um, its its um, I wouldn't say renaissance, but it's really 
it's boom. They really use social media in a way that we have never thought possible, and then everybody began using it because of his campaigning and, the, and him teaching us really how to campaign, grassroots style, uh, getting back to canvassing, which a lot of uh, campaigns, Republican otherwise, have gone uh, kind of like to mailing or whatever, not knocking as many doors as anywhere close to where they needed to do. We ended up um, uh, reevaluating how we were going uh, to run. But by the time I got into um, heavily into the YR, I was a little older. So I ended up, uh, when I was doing my master's degree, for a role. Um, I'm running for YRNF secretary, but um, I, I'm running for a leadership role, really not to, really not to, uh, I want to say not necessarily lead the organization, but mentor young Republicans coming up. Yeah. I don't have time left. I want to throw my experience as much as possible. Uh, behind what I'm doing, I want to help facilitate uh, the teachings and the training of conservative organizations due to the same tanks, whatnot, uh, into the young minds who are coming up now. Uh, and that's, I mean, I, you know, I was the state auditor in the North Carolina Federation of Young Republicans. I'm a two-time uh, Young Republicans local chairman. I was the founding chairman of the High Country Federation of Young Republicans at the time I was doing my master's degree at Appalachian State University. So I've done the thing at the grassroots over the last, let's say, about five to six years alone. I have been responsible for 16,000 doors knock on my own. 2016, I was responsible for almost six, I was responsible for almost uh, six figures concerning voter contact. I want to say it's about uh, 76,000 uh, uh, voter contacts. Um, so it's 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 been it's been a long road to where I've been at, and right now I'm doing my PhD at Liberty University in public policy, looking more into foreign policy. I'm actually going to be assisting Anatoly Ostenko with the publication of his the second edition of his book, Brothers at Each Other's Throats. I'm a foreign policy guy. Um, I have been on the ground. I've been at uh, the, the strategy phase. I've done just about everything that you can do. Uh, in, in political campaigns as well as uh, holding office at the state level, not just with the YRs, but also with the NCGOP. So I bring a lot of experience to the table, and I'm looking to bring along the next generation of conservative leaders to at least push us into the future to keep our organization, to keep the conservative movement strong, and to help elect Republican candidates with some common sense. That way, we don't go the way of a lot of European countries that are seeing massive debt. They're seeing massive unrest uh, and really this cultural despair and uh, the woke ideology that is ultimately going to end up leading to the moral degradation of our country. Yes, 100%. And I totally agree with you guys. I mean, we've got to get the, the youth involved. And I know that you guys are doing that, but it's very crucial that we continue to do that because I've been, and you guys have heard me say this before, but I view the youth and a lot of them are cause crusaders. They care about the cause of everything. And so getting them involved and fired up is really, really important. So I really appreciate that, um, that aspect of what you guys do. But I totally understand what you're talking about, the European countries. I mean, there is total unrest there. And we we do not we do not want uh, a situation like that here like not at all but i just want to thank you guys again so much for coming on the show it truly is an honor to have you both on i guess for starters can you guys just explain starting with jesse again um more about the positions that you guys are running for and why it is that you guys decided to take it upon yourselves to run for these positions yeah absolutely 
me. Um, so I, I'm running for Young Republican National Chair. You can kind of think about that as the CEO of the national organization. And for those people who are uh, familiar with party politics, it's similar to the RNC chair, that type of position, just for the youth wing of the party. Um, so it is the, the chair's ultimate responsibility and, and um, kind of goal to set a vision for the organization and to figure out how to accomplish that at the national level in ways that support the state and local federations. The way that we're set up is very similar to the, the big GOP, where there's local chapters, there's state organizations, and then there's a national organization. Um, so all of our positions are elected every two years. They serve a two-year term, um, and, and their goal is to kind of administer the, the national organization. So uh, one of the reasons that I decided to run is that um, over the last two years under the current administration, uh, which my opponent is a part of, um, I've seen the organization go from, from a very bottom-up, grassroots-led organization to a very top-down organization that uh, dictates metrics to state federations, dictates a lot of requirements about um, how they should act, what type of programming they should do, all these kinds of things, doesn't provide any support to them, and, and really only uses that information to make the national officers look good. Uh, I've been on the ground as a grassroots leader. I've been a local chapter chair. I've been involved um, in the GOP here in my state, and I know that that is not how we run successful political operations. It has to be something that's focused on empowering the bottom of the of the party, the local level on up, because that's where the voter contacts are made. That's where we find great candidates to run in the future. That's where we support uh, the party and the base and get the message out to new people. And so um, I really think that the direction the organization is going and really the direction the National Party has gone over the past few years is one of uh, very much top-down control, but I see that that doesn't align with, with the conservative base of the party or uh, with Republicans in general across the country who are just frustrated by this sort of um, elitist top-down control and, and don't feel like there's anyone who's speaking to them and who's really fighting for for them and trying to help them make an impact. So um, that's what we want to do. That's what our entire vision is focused on, um, providing, cultivating national resources, you know, stuff like donor lists and um and data for, for uh, membership recruitment and, and tools and training that uh, we can give to these local federations to really kick them up to the next level uh, and help them to identify where we can make real progress and, and, and gain wins in their area. Yeah, I agree with you. Transparency is is just, it's so significant. And uh, I've lived in Washington, D.C. long enough to know that the club versus the cause, and that's what I've been kind of calling it. But, you know, we need more cause people. We need much fewer club people. And there are so many club people. Um, we we really need for people who care about the cause to, to get more involved. And I love that you guys are actively, you know, you're taking action. You're actually acting on all of this instead of just talking about it. And I think that's um, a really cool and greatly needed thing. So thank you guys so much for that. But as a Republican Party, I mean, we really need more cause people, less club people. And I just, everybody's starting to notice that though. Um, Robbie, can you tell us why you decided to run for secretary? I have been on the ground for the last almost 20 years, the first George I ever knocked for, for George Bush's re-election. I didn't really get involved in party politics uh, for a long time. Just because it really never suited me, I didn't really want to get involved with the minutia of it because it seemed, even then, kind of catty between some candidates. Uh, but I decided sooner or later, either you try to fix it from the inside or don't. Uh, and you can't you can't complain either way if you, if you don't do it. So I tried to do that, and I ended up as um, 
Wyandotte and Gaston County first. Uh, and then uh, I you know, moved from that position, helped uh, with Mecklenburg County in North Carolina. Uh, so I was a chapter chair already there. And became in 2015 um, the GOP vice chairman in Gaston County, as well as the assistant treasurer for the District and County Officers Association for the North Carolina Republican Party. Uh, that was in a position I you know, kept that for two years. I was actually in 2011 the policy director uh, in the uh, NCFYR, North, North Carolina Federation of Young Republicans, under Jonathan Bandy, who, generally speaking, is not a name we repeat uh, in North Carolina or in the YRF, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but um, I ended up uh, coming back to the YRs, founding the High Country YR chapter in uh, the mountains of North Carolina while I was doing my master's degree. And I've always had an interest in the wildlife at the national level, but I decided that the state level is where I wanted to focus a lot of my time because that's where I was. I mean, that's, that's where I live. I ended up becoming auditor in North Carolina under um, our state fair at that time. And after a while, when I started my PhD, I decided, you know, I don't have much time left. So I thought to myself, why not take a shot at it, number one? Number two, there's a few things concerning transparency uh, and not just what Jesse said concerning bottom-up because Jesse's been involved here for like six, seven years. I've been involved here for almost 20. So I remember when it was truly bottom-up, not mm-hmm. top-down. No metrics, no nothing. You know, they, they tried their best to facilitate it. Sometimes it didn't go so well. Sometimes it went better than others. But for the most part, the last few cycles I've noticed it's all become more of an organizational or club setting or a club um, mentality than it has been for uh, fighting for the cause and getting deployments out to states that really need them. Swing states like Virginia, like North Carolina. Just as a, an example, uh, when a friend of mine, Mark Harris, got essentially crucified in 2019 and he ended up suffering two strokes and almost dying over it. We ended up having to run another primary and have another uh, candidate, Dan Bitcher, who ultimately emerged from it uh, and has now pretty much gained national prominence, even though he was going to retire in 2018 uh, from North Carolina Senate because he had been uh, a county commissioner in Mecklenburg County. He became a state house member in North Carolina, then state senate, and then after a while he was going to retire. Well, after what happened to Mark Harris happened, he decided, you know, take a shot at it. And he ended up winning the primary. And I ended up working for uh, the NCGOP, and I ended up opening doors in that, in that area, in Mecklenburg, South Mecklenburg County, Union County. And the deployments for the YR were, were, were just horrendous. It, I, I, I've never seen anything that was organized. The, the, the YRs themselves, I think um, the RNC did a better job than the YRs did. Um, Jeffy, I know, came down there. Uh, she helped us out doing, uh, doing door knocking out there. Knocks from, yeah, I knocked 9,000 doors just in that one month from August to September uh, in South Mecklenburg County just to make sure. And we won that race, even though uh, McCready, who was a Democrat, tried to say he almost slipped it. Not really. You ran for two years and still lost both times. So shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and I even posted on my social media. I was like, how much does it suck for you? run for two years and still not be able to win when you get beat by two different candidates. So, and that's essentially why, and that's another reason why I wanted to run was because of the experience that I bring to the table. 
I'm, you know, Jeffy's 26, turning 27 soon. I'm turning 37, so I've got a little bit more experience, and I'm not going to be as the YRNF secretary who is not necessarily not an executive officer. They are an executive officer, but they are concerning communication, they're concerning the message, and they're also really a facilitator as well as an individual who serves also as an advisor to the chair, because it's not my job anymore, as old as I'm getting, to lead all these younger people. It's my job to help them become better leaders themselves. And they can't, they, they have to be given the tools to become better leaders, um, even if they're not the YRNF, let's say chair, co-chair, whatever, let's say they're state leaders or they're local leaders, that's even more a responsibility at the top to be able to facilitate training sessions and everything else to be able to craft new leaders to bring them and to uh, essentially keep our state chapters, keep our states uh, at least in league with knowing that so that we are in and their state VFP chapters to facilitate the deployment and everything else to coordinate effectively those kind of finite resources to keep our states red. That way we don't see the unrest in, uh, that, that we see in Europe. We don't see the unrest that we see in Canada because our country wouldn't survive it in the next five to ten years. Yeah, and it's it is very I mean it's just really 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 important to give the younger generations the tools that they're going to need in order to lead because we can't lead forever. And I do think it's very important about the transparency and the strategy, you know, the bottom up versus the top down at a very basic level as Republicans like that's what we believe. So, I definitely appreciate that you guys are focused on all of that. It's all very important stuff. So, I want to go more into the history of YRNF if we can. I know a lot of my listeners are probably already familiar with the organization, but just for those who may not be, can you guys tell us more about the founding of the organization and a little bit more about its history? And let's start with Robbie this time. The organization really started after um, the New York chapter started. New York Young Republican started uh, in the 20s. Actually, I think it was 19. Uh, Jesse, uh, help me out with this. Was it 1924 or 1921? Um, I'm not started. sure the year that the, um, the New York group started, but I know that the, the YRF, the national organization, started in, in 1931. So, so General George Olmsted was the first chairman, and he was basically asked to create a young professionals uh, wing of the Republican Party to, to help promote national victory. And so since then, we've had um, some pretty some pretty significant uh, chairmen, actually, uh Current Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is a former Young Republican National Chair. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, like Roger Stone. Love Roger. Other <laughs> folks who you would, you would know and you've probably heard about who have been involved in this organization. Um, so, you know, what it really is and, and what it has functioned as throughout its history is, is um, effectively the training ground for people who wind up being involved in the conservative movement for the rest of their lives. One of my favorite uh, kind of stories to tell or, or experiences that I've had as part of this campaign is actually speaking with some of our alumni members, uh, folks who were, um, a couple folks who were chairs, and then also people who were involved at the state level or at the national level in various offices um, in, the, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I met a guy who, uh, I, I can't say his name, but uh, he's a, a senior status federal judge uh, who was appointed during the Reagan administration. And uh, 
He's an older gentleman. I met him at a, a Republican event, and we were telling him a little bit about, uh, you know, the campaign and what we were doing. Um, and, you know, his eyes lit up, and he started telling these stories and getting super excited about, uh, you know, all the experiences that he had as a young man, learning how politics works, getting involved in the system, uh, being a part of Reagan's campaign team, and then, uh, you know, being involved in the admin, eventually getting appointed as a judge. Um, and so, you know, all of these experiences that he had as a young man and the connections that he made with his fellow conservatives uh, really put him on a trajectory to um, be involved uh, very heavily in the government of our nation. <laughs> wow. And were, they were really formative experiences for him. And, you know, it's funny. When I talk to alumni of this organization, you can see them get younger. You know, no matter how old they are, they go back to being, you know, 25, 35 years old. Um, and it's it's really incredible. There's such a long history and a, a broad network that this organization has had and some really incredible leaders that it's produced. And so we want to preserve that for the next generation. I'm trying to chime in a little bit. The New York Young Republican Club was actually founded in 1911, so that was the first one. The, the GOP that stands now was formed in, in 1856, so um, it's the Young Republicans themselves in New York decided, you know, I guess, that they just they wanted something of their own because they're you know young professionals. They wanted their own organization because uh, many of the individuals who are in leadership positions in the national group or even in local level, they're going to be much older. It takes them a while to be able to you know establish themselves. Uh, and to uh, run on a reputation of being a successful individual to be able to lead the organization, I think, with the New York Young Republican, like the YRNF currently. And this is another reason why I decided to go ahead and do it concerning uh, the New York Young Republican, uh, concerning the Young Republicans in general, is that this is more of a proving ground. This is a proving ground for not just young Republicans who want to run for office. Many of us will never run. Or public office. I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if I have a desire to do it, but I do know that I do have the desire to teach people coming after me. Um, they're, they're coming up now. They're young. They're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I want to teach them reality. Number two, whether or not um, certain strategies still work, uh, and I want to teach them the effective ways in order to, just in case, you know, if they decide to run for office, fine. But not everybody does, and that's okay. You, the best thing you can do if you're not going to run for office is help someone else. And if we can be too effective to help other people get elected, especially in your states where it's really going to matter because nine times out of ten, you don't go federal, you stay at state level top. Um, and uh, kind of, I guess I want to brag on myself a little bit. Um, Jesse mentioned attorney flipping uh, Virginia Red. Uh, over the last couple of years, the last two election cycles, um, there was a lot of talk about the state Supreme Court of North Carolina, which actually, beginning in um, 2018, was actually six to one Democrat. Okay, and in two election cycles, not one, but two. Okay, we ended up flipping from six to one Democrat, five to Republican, and I was on the ground every single election cycle from 2020 to 2022. Knocking doors not only for Ted Budd in 2022, also for Trey Allen and Richard Dietz, but also from 2019 to 2020, knocking doors for Tamara uh, Ballinger, um, who is an associate justice, who's running for associate justice, um, Paul Newby, who's chief justice, and Phil Berger Jr., who's an associate justice as well. Now, in North Carolina, we elect our Supreme Court, our state Supreme Court, partisanly every eight years. And it took us two election cycles when we really focused on the judicial ballots 
to actually get a Republican state Supreme Court. And that's what we're doing. And we're and Jesse and I are running on a track record of success. I just have a few more years on her, and I'm trying to bring more leaders along who are like her, who are not just knowing what they're doing, but they have the convictions of their beliefs, who are willing to stand up when something doesn't seem right, even if they have to buck their own part. No, yeah, that's completely right. And everybody does have their own like their own part to play in the party. And we do have a lot of young people who not only can run, but they can win. And we've seen that. We've seen that repeatedly, and we'll continue to see that. But it's important for them to have the tools to be able to do so. But like you guys said, you know, everybody does have their their part, and it's making sure that everybody knows, you know, and has the tools to be able to to play their part. And I have been saying for the longest time that the left is just better at organization than we are. That is is why that they continuously win. I mean, they're so good at organization that I don't even understand like how they're so good at it and how we're so bad at it on the right. And I've, you know, we've just got to be honest about, you know, the, the severity of the situation, but also the reality of the situation is that they just are beating us on organization. And that is something that I have been saying for a very long time, but that's why I really appreciate organizations like this. And, and especially people like you guys who are trying to come in and, and really make sure that it is living up to its greatest potential, which is, you know, it's really important that the organizations, the good organizations are living up to their greatest potential. That is crucial moving forward for our nation and for our freedom. And that is the reality. Um, but I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, we've gone over the history. I want to ask you guys how you feel like the organization is going presently. Um, I guess directionally, how you guys feel like that's going. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, so one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't know is that the national level of, of the YRNF functions very similar to how the RNC functions. So there is a committee man, committee woman, and chair uh, from each state that are elected to, to represent the interests of their states at the national level. And I know this may be in a bit, a bit in the weeds, but, but I'm going somewhere with this. So um, right now, those quarterly meetings that we hold to set the direction of the national organization um, are limited to just those members. They can't bring other leaders with them. Um, and so, you know, as a part of that, you know, as Robbie had mentioned, we want to work on leadership development at all levels. Mm -hmm. um, so YRNF actually has um, 17 different standing committees. So these are sub uh, committees of the organization that are responsible for doing all kinds of things. Um, this could include, uh, we, we have a training and education committee that's responsible or supposed to be responsible um, for going out and finding training resources, developing those and making those available to the clubs. Um, there's, a, there's a resolutions and policy committee that's responsible for making policy statements on behalf of the national organization. Uh, there's an international committee that's responsible for working with other um, right-wing youth uh, organizations and parties across the world to, to uh, understand uh, what kind of things are going on with them, uh, you know, how those impact um, our standing in the United States and uh, the type of, you know, identify the type of foreign policy concerns that might be on the horizon. Um, so there's lots of really, really important ways to plug in, and they're great opportunities for us to lift people up from the local and the state level get them involved at the national level and give them some real responsibility. Um, so we want to re-empower those committees that largely haven't met and haven't produced anything for the national organization in over two years. Uh, something that I feel very, very strongly about, I think it's very important. Uh, because as Robbie said earlier, um, 
this isn't just about the next candidates for office. It's also about the next policy thought leaders yeah. on the on the right, on the conservative movement. So mm-hmm. we, we need to be making sure that those people have skill sets and professional connections as well. Next campaign managers as well, right? It's the people who are going to be um, in all of these critical roles within the movement. And we need to make sure that they are very well versed in those things um, to give them the best launching point, really, to, to be leaders within the, within the movement. So empowering the committees is very important to us. Um, as we've talked about a lot, transparency and accountability are incredibly important. Right now, there is no way for a, a national officer, say a, a leader in Virginia, to find out what the, the cell phone number or the email address is for a state leader in North Carolina. Or to meet that person, in person and, and have a conversation and exchange information there's nowhere i can go to get that resource so that's especially oh my gosh that seems so wild to me i mean that just silos you guys like that just seems like for any type of organization like you would that's just a very basic thing that you would want to have jesse touch on if you don't mind touch on a um element that we just talked about today uh, yeah, so I, so we're running, and, and we're running against uh, some folks that are currently a part of the national leadership structure. Um, we don't have access to the list of convention delegates. So we've had oh to God. develop our own delegate list uh, from, from the folks that are, are headed to convention to be the voters in this election. We have no way to find out who those people are. Uh, our opponents most likely do. They're on the national board. They receive. Yeah. So, you know, there's a certain level of fairness and transparency that are required at the national level so that everyone has faith in the process, but also so that people can work together. I know many times I've relied on the surrounding state leaders to, to come and help out when we have a election and they've done the same for us in Virginia and you know we've gotten that information by meeting each other and exchanging details but there should be a central repository um, and ways you know structures of communication that we build out whether that's you know email chains group chats uh, you know there's lots of different ways to do this even just a national membership roster very basic stuff to make sure that uh, YRs are able to immediately come on board especially in the case you know We've had several states that just elected new chairmen uh, who have never been involved at the national level. So those people getting onboarded, getting introduced to the national organization, having the connections uh, to their surrounding um, state organizations is going to be very, very helpful. Um, And then, you know, we've also talked a little bit about developing tools and resources. You know, my my view as chair of Virginia was that it was my job to go out and cultivate things that my local clubs could use. They all had very different needs. They all you know were at different stages of their growth. Um, you know, in Virginia, we have very blue areas and very red areas, so so they have different needs. Um, but it was my job to go uh, work with them and partner with them and figure out, um, you know, what do you guys need this year? What do you need this cycle? Um, how can I go find the resources to get you that? And so I think that's even more the goal of the national organization, to to partner directly with each state federation, ask them what their targets for victory are, what they need, um, how they best could be supported in growth and outreach, um, and then we can cultivate those tools for them uh, and and share that from the national level down. Yeah, and that just seems very, you know, that's just something you'd want to have, you know, just be able to communicate with everybody. It used to be available. Oh, it did used to be available? Yeah, it has been slowly removed over the past few years. Oh, okay. I got you. Well, the fact that y'all want to bring that back is, you know, a good thing. That's a good thing and very important. I mean, it's it's literally like so important to be able to, you know, have these people in the organization be able to network like you guys are talking about and all of those things. I just think, you know, I'm thank you. Thank you guys for for trying to bring that back. 
people need to be able to talk to each other in an organization in order to be used to their their best use. So, so that's just yeah, yeah, that needs to be brought back. And also, when y'all were talking about the delegate list, you know, I mean, to me, that just seems like something that y'all should be able to access and to see. Uh, it reminds me of you know the Washington Post, like their little slogan, like "Democracy dies in darkness." Like, I mean, you know, it seems like y'all should be able to see that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This is fundamental to transparency. Sorry, Robbie, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> We're going to bring you back in, Robbie. We promise. I don't, you know, no, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, it's it's something that I've seen before. In North Carolina, some similar things took place. Um, just like North Carolina, well, we'll say just like Virginia, North Carolina has some really blue places, uh, some really red places. Uh, you, you have, you know, Mecklenburg County, which used to be moderate, uh, and it really kind of changed from 1999 till currently. Uh, 1999, it was kind of purple. Um, 2023, it's pretty much navy blue uh, because there's a lot of northerners hiring down south because everything's so cheap here. But they bring their, you know, their their uh, democratic voting habits here and wonder why everything goes up in price. I, I told them I could venture a few guesses if you'd like me to, but the... Um, uh, the, the North Carolina Federation of Young Republicans, I won't see under whose leadership, um, ended up doing the exact same thing, consolidating power, um, and eventually creating paper chapters, where I, I created the the, the YRs and some things that took uh, taking place. I won't go into exactly what, what, what happened, but it got turned along with, I want to about five, six other chapters into paper chapters to where the state YRs could maintain a hold on power um, where, uh, against chapters that were actually functional, that were actually large. That, that would be that even problem. And then uh, here, when it comes to the national YR, that's essentially what they're doing because they're trying to consolidate power here. As uh, Jesse alluded to, we have a lot of different committees, 17 different committees, that have largely been stripped of their authority over the last few years that handle a lot of areas of the YRNF that the national community just can't handle on their own. That's why those committees were established. Um, my thing is the International Committee. I always love the idea of being on the International Committee because of my uh, conceptualization on foreign policy. And, um, you know, I'm more of a, Euro- a European Eurasian specialist, so Russia, Ukraine, that's kind of my thing, but I've largely been kept out of that because of certain leaders at the national level who um, kind of distanced themselves from me after me trying to hold them accountable at the state level in North Carolina. So and that's, that's literally what we're trying to do is trying to bring more transparency to it. We're also trying to put more qualified individuals on committee, on committee spot um, as well as facilitate different trainings for upcoming leaders. It's not just the policy leaders. It's not just the elected officials. It's the activists who also do training to help those individuals get where they need to go. Not just the, the foreign policy people or the policy people in general, but if the activists don't do their job, don't know what they're doing, you're not going to get the elected officials you need to put the policy people in place that they need to be in. Yeah. And that's where we have to go from there. The activists are, in my opinion, the most important. I mean, find a politician. That's not going to take much. Find somebody who at least... I want to say has somewhat of a platform and can listen and who is willing to do the work associated with actually running. But if you don't have the activist behind him who can support this individual, him or her, whatever what is, if you don't have the activist behind this individual, that push is not going to go very far. They're not going to get the vote they need to win. And therefore, the, the appropriate policy analyst, policy uh, scholar, 
they're not going to go where they need to go. And that's essentially why we're trying to do this is just so that we can train the activists, so that we can facilitate rather than dictate, and then bring additional transparency and reestablish the organs, the, the committee systems of the YRNF that used to be there, but have largely, that have largely suffered under current administrative policy. Yeah, and I think this is why elections are so important and why, you know, people like you guys running is is so great because, you know, there's always room for improvement and there's always room for new blood and and new ideas and, and new ways of doing things. Sorry, I get weird. I get weird accents sometimes on this podcast. My listeners know, but sometimes my guests don't know. Maybe y'all know, but just that's just the way it goes. Um, I just wanted to move along and ask you, when um when do the election results come in uh, for everybody to know like who wins these positions so that'll be immediate um i'm I'm not sure you know when scheduled social media posts will go up uh, announcing all the results of the convention but but that information is going to be available pretty immediately um for anyone who's watched the republican national convention it's a very very similar process um, each state gets a certain amount of delegates based on their, their population. Um, the, the leader of their delegation will get up on the floor and announce the vote totals from that state uh, when, in, when each office comes up for election. Um, so, you know, you know pretty much immediately who's won and who's lost. So, you know, we're hoping to continue to gain support from delegates. We've been uh, working the phones over the past several weeks. Uh, contacting YRs across the country, and I've been running since this time last year, so I've been uh, I've been traveling as well. We're hoping that when everybody gets together in Dallas, uh, they'll they'll make the right decision. And is that on the 19th? Yeah, that's the 19th. Okay, awesome. Well, I agree with you both on all of that. Um, I'm really glad that we were able to do this podcast episode and, you know, get more of the truth out there and talk about things that, you know, we can improve. Um, may the election odds be ever in your favors. Can you guys please let my audience know where they can find you both online and how they can support you? Absolutely. Um, so... Uh, you can find our team, YRNF Ascend, which is our slate of candidates for leadership that Robbie and I are both on at YRNF Ascend, A-S-C-E-N-D, on all social media platforms. And you can find me at Just Jesse, G-O-P. And my, my name is J-E-S-S-I. It's my legal name. A lot of people uh, spell it wrong. <laughs> so that's where you can find me. Amazing. And Robbie, where can everybody find you? Uh, well, just like Jesse said, um, I'm on the Ascend ticket. So you can find me on the YRNF Ascend, A-S-C-E-N-D. Um, uh, but also I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Robbie uh, underscore Pope M-A. Um, and the reason I have the M-A there is because I was a GED guy who end up getting his master's degree. I love it. You got to do 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 it. Um, but I'm also on Facebook at Robert L. Pope. Um, and I've got a little, I've got a black jacket and long hair, so you can probably find me pretty easily. Fabulous. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Genuinely, I wish you both the best of luck. I don't really believe in luck. I pray for people when I believe in them, but I'm going to be praying for you guys uh, to win this election. I really think that it sounds like y'all have a really good chance, and I really support all of the things that y'all want to implement. So thank you so much again for coming on the show. And maybe thank you so much. In our favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you don't like that? Yeah, the Hunger Games reference, you gotta love it. <laughs>